This is not going to be a very good show tonight. And I think you should change the channel. This show used to be cutting edge political and social satire, but it's gotten lobotomized. We're all being lobotomized by this country's most influential industry. It's just thrown in the towel on any endeavor to do anything that doesn't include the courting of 12-year-old boys. And not even the smart 12-year-olds, the stupid ones, the idiots. Well, there's always been a struggle between art and commerce. I mean, now I'm telling you, art is getting its ass kicked. And it's making us mean, and it's making us bitchy. It's making us cheap punks. That's not who we are. <laughs> People are having contests to see how much they can be like Donald Trump. We're eating worms for money. Who wants to screw my sister? Guys are getting killed in a war that's got theme music and a logo. That remote in your hand is a crack pipe. It's not even good pornography. They just this side of snuff films. And friends, that's what's next because that's all that's left. And the two things that make them scared gutless are the FCC and every psycho religious cult that gets positively horny at the very mention of a boycott. All right, stand These by VTR. The We're gonna cut in early. Pussy, feckless, off the charts, greed-filled whorehouse. There it is. This thoroughly unpatriotic. Go VTR now. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean, and I am sitting here with Brooks and Greg. Hey, how's hey it? everybody. Hey, how's it going? That's Brooks and Craig, everybody. <laughs> uh, tonight, we are going to talk about jumping the shark, which is uh, not actually a literal term. We're talking about when shows tend to overstate or overstay the welcome of their mandate. Or when they lose, guess, they lose their direction and start reaching for ridiculous concepts. This, of course, is, is a well-known Happy Days episode. That's where this comes from, where Fonzie at some point gets on a motorcycle evil Knievel style and jumps over a shark no, 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 he's, no, 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 he's no. water skiing he is water, water skiing, skiing. He water I, skis right, over in a his shark. leather jacket <laughs> and he is it is he is in his leather jacket the whole time it is beyond rate, retarded i guess that was a pivotal moment in the series when even at that time in the 70s whatever everyone's like yeah this show is officially lost its this way is over. there's there's no coming back from yeah. this and so, so much so that that's where the term comes from. Yeah, it's such a it's like, such a iconic knows. you know visual thing that Fonzie jumping a shark. How ridiculous that is! That when when a show just completely loses its mind, now it's called jumping the shark. And I'm sure most of you know this, but for those of you who don't, that's what we're talking about. Right. And I guess we're gonna so we got some good. examples lined up, right? Uh, we have some examples, and uh, we we have some I guess some uh, ideas about what constitutes a shark jump as far as uh, uh yeah there are some rules to it and like that you can see in any show and there are some times show, some shows like happy days found their own special unique unique way of doing it a guy jumping a shark in a leather jacket is not a general rule yeah i, I can't think of any other examples of that particular shark jump in but, fact in a, in a in any other show that might be considered awesome that could save certain shows well, I think they like if they did of, that in Grey's Anatomy, that might get my attention. Well, they actually blew somebody up in Grey, uh, Grey's Anatomy. So, uh, them doctor yeah. shows is always doing weird stuff to people. That doesn't. Did, weren't you just telling us about ER? Like, had a guy get run over by a helicopter? Oh, or ER nonsense? jumped a shark. You know, probably about seven or eight years ago. I mean, it's a. Uh, uh, it's just nowadays, it's just one crazy thing after another. But, but in my mind really where ER officially jumped the shark is where Dr. Romano 
uh, was killed by a helicopter falling on him. Uh, that uh, <laughs> and the, that story that this happens all the time. Well, well, the Romano had an interesting storyline in relation to helicopters anyway, because two seasons before he had a helicopter fall on him. He actually accidentally stepped into the rotor of a helicopter and lost one of his arms. Of course. Yes. Happens all the time. Right. So this guy just needed a helicopter safety class <laughs> more than anything Well, apparently else. he just had really bad luck I mean, with helicopters. I mean, good Lord, I've never even been in the presence of a helicopter <laughs> once in my whole life. Well, it's starting to sound like Final Destination. Much less to get dismembered and destroyed by one on two separate occasions. It, it was kind of a Final Destination kind of a thing because he actually, in, in the scene where the helicopter falls on him, he... Um, had worked up enough nerve to go up to the top of the building during, you know, during the, when the helicopter land to drop somebody off and he chickened out. As soon as the elevator opened, he saw the helicopter out there. He chickened out and he went downstairs to the ambulance bay and was kind of walking out there trying to get his head back together and damned that the helicopter didn't fall on his head. <laughs> so, of course. Well, you just, you know, you can't fight fate. That's that's what Taylor Dane said, man. You can run, but you can't <laughs> run away. These are the moments that you can you just can't imagine what the script writers were just sitting around a table going, "Oh, you know what'd be awesome if the helicopter just, falls yeah, off exactly. the building and cut chops his head clean I just got a totally off. awesome idea, guys. <laughs> you can almost anyway. hear the water skis as they're thinking that. Oh water yeah, skis you can, in the back you can of their see head. Richie powering up the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna hear the water pipe. <laughs> While they're hold on, I just thought it's something totally awesome. Good turn this whole show around. So anyway, that's that's my official. Uh, that was uh, a good point one. Where ER I think the ER the has the the indis- distinction of having jumped the shark at several different occasions. Oh yeah, well see but, they can do that because they change uh, the cast. You know, once every two or three years. Uh, the, well, that's like, why you know it's not like Law and Order where the cast isn't really important because you know the story is a story. It's a character driven drama. And like every five years, you'll watch the show and like, who the hell are all these people? Isn't that the guy from Critters? So are we saying by definition like, that you can return from a jumping the shark moment? Or is it by definition so. a point that there is no th- return? I think you can return. survive a shark Definitely. jumping moment, but uh, I don't think that you ever really fully come back from one. I think. Yeah, I think the show can continue. Happy Days continued. ER obviously continues, but I don't think you can continue with credibility. Was the episode I think the story is gone at that point? The episode of Happy Days that had Mork from Ork in it was that after the shark jump? I'm guessing, uh, but you I have to understand. Back in those it days, wasn't shows would be used to pilot each other. So, you know, so no that is not considered diff- a jumping the shark moment. No. It's the actual shark jump. Because I consider it's that sort of Mork like thing. when the Dukes of Hazard met an alien, right? Little cousin, they, they had like a the, an alien encounter on the Dukes of Hazard. That wasn't a shark jump because that show was r- ridiculous. But when they lost, you know, Bo and Luke, and brought in like cousin Cody and whoever, that was bad. That was jumping the shark. That was my favorite. That's a they good example just like of jumping the shark. Like two cousins exactly. that happen to look just like these two guys and happen to drive the car the same way. Oh, that would be, a, right. that would be Coy what, and Vance Duke. Coy, Coy and Vance. Nerd alert. What makes that even... <laughs> What makes that even sadder is that when you bring in two guys who make the first two guys look like first-class thespians. Yeah. <laughs> when, when people are like, man, Coy and Vance, just they just don't have it. Like, 
Bo and Luke. Well, the re- well, you know why Coy and Vance showed up, right? This guy's because no Tom Wopat. The reason why Coy and Vance showed up is because uh, Tom Wopat and John Snyder wanted more money. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. And back in those days, if you wanted more money, you were gone. Yeah. So. And they'd make the show for another year, and then the show would be gone because they should have given you more money. It's like Three's Company did that with a different Chrissy. Hey, man, they did that. Well, she wasn't a different Chrissy. She just gave her a different name, but obviously. She was yeah. practically a different Chrissy. Oh, what was her name? Her, her name was like Terry was, or something, uh, I think. Well, it was. It wasn't Terry. Well, Terry was the third one, but then there was a middle one. Uh, who, who was that? I'm thinking of Priscilla Barnes. That was that was Terry. She was the one in was Terry. She was the third. There was another one? Blonde roommate. There were three blondes on that Chrissy show? Chrissy and then. Kimmy or something. Oh, I didn't even. I guess I missed that. That, well, that show was played by Jenny, Jenny Lee Harrison. I think she was only on for a season. Um, and you know wow. your TV. Well, yeah. wow. I know it scares me sometimes. You're, it really does. But uh, wow, it really is. She creepy. was also in Tank. She was the girl in Tank. If you remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. What is Tank? I actually do know that. <laughs> oh, of course, Tank. Why didn't you say so in the first oh, place? Just for you know, just so we're you know playing by the rules here. I actually had to jump the Shark website up. So we can kind of verify our opinions to the actual website. Oh, that's cool. Well, we'll give credit to them where credit <laughs> is due. Jump the- well, to, another good Akoi and Vance moment also happened with uh, Chips. Oh, oh yeah, They brought in, they lost Eric Estrada and they brought in like two like dirt biker guys or something. Really? I, I, don't, I don't remember, remember what, this yeah. at all. I don't, I don't, but, I don't yeah. remember that. I remember where they lost John. You know, John went away and then uh, they, they brought in this kid that was supposed to be like, uh, you know, the, the cop in training and Eric Estrada was teaching him how to be a, you know, a chip. I don't remember that. I just remember Eric Estrada to this day will say how he was blacklisted in Hollywood because of his strong opinions <laughs> and not because of his lack of talent. Yeah. Well, all right. As is more commonly believed. <laughs> it seems like so far all of our, our jump the sharks we've mentioned are from the seventies. Is, is that just because a, we went with the classics? I feel yeah. like we jumped in cause I actually wanted to talk about a couple other things before we get deep into well, the let, jump. Let's do that. Well, let me, let's, let's, let me just say right quick I, I, that, that out of 3000 votes, Dr. Romano, Having the helicopter dumped on him, we got 724 votes is where ER jumped the shark. Well, that's cool that someone's keeping track of this for taking her easy for all of us sinners. 724 votes for Dr. Romano's death. 562 votes for when he got his arm chopped off. Uh, seven. That's funny. If those people were out at that point, man, they would have been flipping their lids at the other oh, episode when they're like, this is too much. And then two years later, they just drop a helicopter on him like, oh, yeah, is that too much, jackass? <laughs> 1400 still got an opinion about things uh, 1400 votes for when uh dr ross left who was that was george clooney's character and he left you know like i, I tend to think that's not a jumping of the shark but sometimes something happens on a show that just that just signifies that they shouldn't continue yeah that's that when the league well, ER should definitely not continue i mean they don't have an original cast member left i'm astounded and somewhat appalled that that show is still on. I'm like, man, there must be, I mean, I want to hear the pitches because the, it, it must be a dry well out there. In well, especially when good, for them to continue with ER. Especially when good shows like studio 60 get knocked off. I mean, I think the 10 o'clock oh, and, and Thursday slot would have been perfect. That is such studio a good 60. point because I just bought the studio 60 DVD, like which you can go out there and get people. So please, for the love of God, if you haven't seen the show at the very least, Netflix it. Because you're missing yeah, out. At least let them know what kind of mistake they made. Because it it, it was a really awesome show that died a very early. It was death. a landmark kind of show. 
Like it's such, and it was so sad and ironic because it's a show talking about how television should be, and and talking about where the quality of television should be and the direction of it should be headed. And the show, nobody watched it, and they didn't, and it at last, and now it's over. It's so sad. It's like it, we proved the thesis of the show by not supporting. Well, it. they should be happy. Then. The show, I guess, yeah. We I have love been to vilified. spend millions and millions of dollars to prove a point and get nothing for my trouble. But I guess they got a DVD box set. But that show inspires me. I find it inspired and inspiring. I just, I mean, it really hits me because I am a lover of, of storytelling and film and television. And, I've, and I'm a big believer in it. I feel like it's faith because you haven't seen it backed up yet. And that's what, and I feel like that was the point of the show too with Aaron Sorkin. It comes from love to make that strong, you know, an indictment of the way something is headed. It means that you really are passionate about where you believe it should be headed. So I, I think, you know, at the very least, watch the show and DVD affords you that opportunity. I totally agree. And it sounds like we just think the show is like the greatest show ever. And in a lot of ways, and to me, it was the greatest show ever. It was, it was about, a show about what I wanted to be when I started out working in media and that sort of thing. I wanted to be what these guys were. And I guess that's why I identified mm -hmm. with it so much and, and really enjoyed watching it. Cause I wanted to be a, a producer of a national national show or, or a movie or something like that and be able to take those kind of stands. I think, uh, you know, yeah. And they're still crusading for the elevation of their art and they're crusading for, for, you know, principles. It's not just about entertainment. It's about how entertainment can can influence the world and society and be positive in that. You know the real the real concept of satire that we're we're sort of lacking. Not to kill it in, in our entertainment. Not to kill the buzz here, but Studio Sixty does have a Jump the Shark page. Um, really, yeah, a show I'm that sure was on for one do. season, Jump the Shark. <laughs> well, that may be a little. I think the shows that are short-lived, I think I love them better because they don't get a chance to jump the well, shark. Well, actually... Like Firefly, 12 episodes, and the show is done. You're wanting more. But at the same time, it never got a chance to ruin it. Actually, the, the, the page says that uh, out of about 600 votes, 415 said it never jumped. Well, yeah, it was on for 22 episodes. <laughs> what, where's the shark? Some people... What are you even? What are we even talking about? Eighty-four votes went to when Danny and Jordan got locked out on the roof, and I get, I give them that one because that's such a, a cliche, you know. A, but I mean, they did that on purpose because it was. Yeah, a I, I, I got movie, it. But the, the show was I, poking at cliche. I got it, but I can see why how some viewers might not. You also have to understand that there was a certain point in time during the production of the show where they realized that one season was all they were going to get. They had to step mm -hmm. it up to finish the story, which they did. So there are some things that may have spent that may have been developed a little bit more elaborately if the show were were succeeding, but instead they really they really soldiered up and made sure that they told the story they meant to tell in the limited amount of time that they had. And of course, there was an episode where they locked on the roof. But come on, they were in that same episode. Actually, it was a that their their arc was there were like there were wild animals running loose in the studio. I mean, it was it was a lampoon. The whole episode was the lampoon of television cliche. It was and and well done. Anyway, folks, if you if you have any feelings about the state of television in America today, go watch this the series because um, 
even the entertainment industry, politics, he covers it all. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a model of the world. What if my feelings that there's not enough naked chicks on television? Well, does this, does this address that? Because that's my. Favorite. I don't believe so. Mm-mm. Although maybe maybe you should listen to the the, the speech at the very beginning of the yeah. pilot. It might cover what you're asking. <laughs> on a, on a lighter, I guess. No, I went to the theater to see the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. This weekend. Yeah. And it it wasn't there anymore. Oh wow. So so I ended up seeing Dan in real life, the new Steve Carell movie. Was it good? Very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Extremely funny. I think. Uh, he has a sensibility that really hits you. Like he's very funny, but he's also very likable. And the and the movie is about. I that, think that movie. Know? I I wanted to go see that movie I really and haven't. And I guess that's probably. I would recommend you, it heartily. Like if especially if you like stuff like Little Miss Sunshine, something that's independent but entertaining. I think that's well, a good it's, movie it's, to go see. It's coming sounding like it's going to be a a failure though in the box office. Uh, the, the, well, it's an independent. How much movie? How much money does a movie like that cost? Well, you know? I don't know, but they're. It'd I mean, they're fun. saying that you know it, it's not doing very well. But mainly, I guess maybe because it's going up some big against some bigger movies. But um, it, it looked like a really good movie. Yeah, and I'll well, definitely you know Netflix it when it comes in. Who knows? That movie is going to probably be more successful on DVD because it's the kind of movie yeah, that is. Most comedies are. I think. Evan Almighty didn't perform very well in the theater, but it didn't look very good. You know, so. I'd rather see him do stuff like Dan in real life, which is very, which, which is smaller and, and more personal. Although very similar in plot to a movie called The Family Stone, which I, which is okay, but I didn't like it very much. But this one takes a similar concept. It's about a guy, a big family, you know, bigger than than people like us kind of understand, and and relationships and such. Good movie though. I finally saw Knocked Up. Uh, that's funny. It's all right. Did you think so? Yeah, I mean, it, it had funny moments, but I'll I guess you. there were lots of parts that just kind of went on and on. I, I think that the uh, the DVD has, it says at the beginning that it has additional footage. It's like this movie is different from the Yeah, I haven't seen okay. the DVD. Sometimes that's bad. Let me get on a rant. I know our fan base doesn't like it when we rant too much, but that um, that's kind of one of the... Yeah, they tell us all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know, all, all of our thousands of fans. But they uh, they tell yeah, us that they, that they don't like it when we get day. mad. But anyway, I don't like it when they have extended scenes in a movie and you can't get the theatrical version because a lot of times there's a reason why they cut those scenes down. You know that the, they dragged a bit. You know, yeah, that type of thing. I agree with that. I would rather see like a special edition that had both versions because you can buy the theatrical version of Knocked Up for cheaper. But I'm curious about those scenes. But why can't you just get like a two disc set that's kind of exactly? But I have a um, different pet peeve that's that's not related to this, but it does happen and knocked up. We should do a this show a, movie movie pet peeves. But go ahead, man. This one drives me crazy. There's a scene in the trailer that I remember very distinctly where they're sitting in the restaurant and she's telling him, "I'm pregnant," and he goes, "You're pregnant and you're hitting on me? What's wrong with you?" or something like that. That's not how and it that plays out in the movie. It's a completely different scene. I'm like, how, why do you shoot something for the trailer you know, and then show you know, a I'll different scene? This, though. There's a good reason for this, and it's and it's because they shoot the movie and they got to promote it. And sometimes footage goes off to these trailer these trailer editors that are not the filmmakers, and they take what they think are the funniest clips to make a trailer, and they make a trailer. And sometimes in the final cut, they either go with a different take or they cut a scene altogether. It's not. It, it's it's because you have to start promoting a movie so much earlier 
then you actually have it finished. It's not really their fault. It kind of seems like false advertising a little bit. I don't like it like in trailers where they show stuff that is clearly clearly indicates pivotal plot points. Oh, yeah. where they ruin the surprise. Like I remember talking to a guy. We were working on a movie with a guy, and he his biggest complaint was I, they shouldn't be allowed to show third-act scenes in the trailer. Like nothing from the final act of the film, nothing near the end of the movie. Because that way there would be no question. Like, obviously, that's the most dramatic stuff you want to show in the trailer, but you don't want to show the whole story. And that's what you do if you start showing, like, I mean, literally, Ocean's 13, the last line of the film is in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Great movie, but that's true. The last line of the film is in the trailer. That And uh, what, Loser? I think that happened in that one, too. It happens all the time because it's... It's a good moment, the last line of a film. It's Of course it would be a nice way to cap off a trailer, but come on. Do I want to see the end of the movie? In the olden in the, days, the if, if you watch trailers on DVDs from movies like Maltese Falcon or something like that, Casablanca, they give away the entire story. I mean, without question, they tell <laughs> the entire story in the trailer. It's like a two-minute long trailer back then. And they're like, and then she like meets machete. a man and falls in love, but then he leaves her. Then she tracks him down. Like, <laughs> they tell the whole thing. I don't know. Why would anyone watch those? At least it's not that bad. Uh, I saw Planet Terror and I saw the machete oh, yeah. trailer. Uh, that that is about. awesome. And it, and it is so 70s because that's the way they were back then, too, where <laughs> yeah. it's just like the entire story in this because it's a fake trailer. They're making a whole movie, but it's just like you know, a trailer from the You 70s. know, Brooks, I listened to that episode, and even though that, type, that movie. It doesn't sound like it's my cup of tea at all. I think I'm going to have to go watch it because you sold it so well. Oh, you should. <laughs> I, I so I so wholeheartedly agree with Brooks on that. That is a totally awesome <laughs> movie, and they they never let up. And it's not even set in the '70s. The movie's set in modern time, but they shoot it like a '70s exploitation film, and that's the important part. And it is awesome. Josh Brolin, man, he's really coming along. He looks just like his dad with a beard. Yeah, yeah. Here, um, he's he's done a great performance in this uh, new Coen Brothers movie, this uh, No Country for Old Men. Old Men, I think speaks well yeah. for him that he's in it. I I really want to see it, but it hasn't come here yet. And the Darjeeling Limited was here for two weeks, so I didn't get to see it, which might be a good thing. But anyway, we were talking about shark jumping, so let's get back to shark jumping. Yeah, I think we covered it. Okay, we covered Happy Days, which is the mother of all shark jumping. And we covered Dukes of Hazard and Chips, which are pretty cliched, shark jumping too. But this happens to this day. Like I can think of shows from the 80s, from, from the 70s, and I can think of shows from just a couple of years ago. Like I can think of shows that just went off the air that have jumped the shark. Oh, I definitely can too. We were talking about West Wing earlier. I, I can remember, um, even though the show was, was a good show all the way to the end, I mean, it definitely jumped the shark. About in the fourth season, I think where uh, Leo has a heart attack. There, there's one where... Um, yeah, well, that's where... I, I'm actually watching it on Netflix right now on DVD, and I and I just got to that, and that is where the, the point of the show where it's starting to leave. After Aaron Sorkin left, which is right before the beginning of the sixth season, I think, or might have been right after the beginning of the fifth season, the show started getting... The writing was still good, but they started getting overly dramatic. And they keep coming up with these dramatic arcs, which is what people do when they can't think of real stuff to do. On the uh, on the Jump the Shark website, uh, they have a list of standard shark jumping moments. And one of them is 
a very special a blossom <laughs> blossom yeah. yeah that comes to mind uh what i talk about special. you know now a very special episode <laughs> of, of of blossom or something like that and 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 actually that leo having the heart attack is is one of the big vote getters here is and it's called a very special Isaac and Ishmael in the, which is the ep- name of that particular episode. Six hundred and six votes. Well, that actually that wasn't the heart attack episode. That was actually much earlier. Was it after nine eleven? They did an episode that was outside of the West Wing. That's continuity, right. You're right. You're right. Which was where they just did a thesis on the the basically the history of Jews versus Muslims in the Middle East and where that came from. And it was like a tutorial by the cast of, and it was well written. It was, but they preface it at the beginning with the statement that it doesn't follow the storyline of the West Wing. And it was like it was like the season premiere of one year because it was just after 9-11. They felt like they had to have a break to explain modern events because obviously for a topical show, they couldn't talk about 9-11. That's, that's second on the list of shark jumps for the West Wing. Number one being exit stage left, Sorkin and Shlami, who were the uh, – uh, well, of course. Oh, yeah. When – and and it you can tell it's not it's a good show afterwards the pe- they left it in decent hands but it's like when you have a creator that's that involved because this leads to another thing I'm going to talk about which is uh, Buffy had a jump the jar- shark moment Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a great show for five seasons for the first five seasons which follows another rule I have that any show that lasts more than five years jumps the shark automatically. Because five years is the lifespan of a good TV show. You think so? With some exceptions. There are some exceptions. Okay. But with Buffy, Buffy's a perfect example because they ended their, their run with the WB after five years. They went to UPN after that, which was bad. And then after five years, uh, Anthony Stewart Head, who plays Giles, his contract was up and he left the show. And it, was, it really was hurting after he left. And Joss Whedon left the show to make Firefly. And that was where they really felt it. Because the only thing that was worthwhile in season six of Buffy at all was the musical episode, and that's because Joss Whedon came back and did that I one. didn't know that Joss Whedon never left Buffy. I thought he was there the whole time. He but I'm left, not a big Buffy fan. He was a, yeah, he was not really around because he was making Firefly. And he sort of came back in season seven because that was the final season. But by then, they were just kind of phoning it in even then. But season seven was better than season six. Season six was a disaster. And season seven was just basically an apology for season six, but it didn't make up the difference. First five seasons of that show were pretty solid. The biggest vote getter for Buffy is the death of a character named Tara. I'm not. um, That happened in season six. Really? Well, there you go. I wouldn't call that the jumping of the shark. I think the Buffy and Spike relationship probably was the ultimate jumping of the shark, which also happened in season six. All the worst things in Buffy happened in season six. <laughs> and that includes season four, where she was like was fighting some G.I. Joe style initiative who was fighting monsters. And the main villain was like some commando Frankenstein monster. <laughs> Yikes. That was still better <laughs> than season six. By far. Well, the top the vote getters for Buffy are Death of Tara, the new kid, new kid in town named Dawn, 
um, the musical. That was season five. And 498. They thought, what? They thought the musical was a jumping of the shark? 858 votes for the musical saying they I think the conceptually, shark. having not wow. seen the episode and not being a big Buffy fan, I can see just conceptually how a musical version of any episode could be a jumping the shark moment. Yeah, me it, too. Having it not breaks watched the from show. the reality. What made, what made it clever, though, is one of the things that Joss Whedon wanted to do with the musical episode was he wanted it to not step, stray from the continuity. So there is a reason in the story that they're singing <laughs> and it it wraps up and, and, and deals with actual story arcs that are happening. Like it's not just an aside episode. There's like a thing. There's like an enchantment that makes everybody sing what they think. And that's the, that's the plot. That's line. actually kind of funny. <laughs> and then it does re- work really well in a funny way. And another thing that makes it really endearing is that Joss Whedon really does write the music and lyrics for all of those songs. Take my hand, take my blade. Yeah, he writes that song you also. You can't take the sky from me. That's the only song of his I know. You don't know that one. That's not the right word. Well, I'm sorry that I don't know the lyrics, Greg. <laughs> if I, If I did, that would be a nerd alert. I know every I know every word. That's the best. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Oh well, nerd alert for me then, because I yeah, do. Take my take sky, me out take to my the black, telling my ink coming back. Burn the land, boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. Let's see if uh, people think Firefly jump shark. What else you got, Sean? While great. he's looking that up. Hit me, hit me, hit me with a show that I've heard of. All right. I've heard of these shows, but I don't okay. watch them. Okay, A-Team, A-Team had a jump the shark moment. You know the A-Team. Now how can A-Team have a jump the shark moment when A-Team was ridiculous from the start? Oh, when Robert Robert Vaughn, when Robert Vaughn Thank showed you, up. exactly. When I wrote down the A-Team, all I wrote was Robert Vaughn. Yep. All right, now. <laughs> what's the jump the shark. I don't know if I've seen this one. What is this? All right, the you've seen the A-Team. Now I'm talking about this episode. The the premise of this is a whole this is the direct a whole new direction of the show. The premise of the eight team is that they were like a bunch of special forces green beret type guys who were their own team and they got accused of a crime they didn't commit and therefore had to become super secret mercenaries who went around stopping motorcycle hoods from strong arming guys who own drug stores or something. Uh, just for reporting for purposes. $10,000 a pop. Uh, just for reporting purposes, uh, 1895 votes saying that the show never jumped. Firefly. Uh, there's Firefly was only on for 12 episodes, people. That didn't jump. No, 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 no. It didn't even pop. They're saying that it didn't jump. Uh, there's only, but the, you there's only about 150 people who said that, uh, uh, said that it jumped. And one of, it, one of the criticisms, 18 votes said there was too many characters, which I don't think that's true at all. No, that's not true at yeah. all. And in fact, the show was originally conceptualized to have about five or six characters, and eventually he rounded the cast out to nine before because he realized he needed more. Yeah. He's an ensemble character writer. I mean, without an ensemble, every show he's ever written didn't get strong until he had a strong ensemble. Anyway, back to the eighteen, and that's true of Buffy and Angel. But people, a show that isn't even on for a full season can't, by nature, jump the shark or be the worst show of all time. <laughs> Unless it just so jumped please, the shark from day one. The, that's that's the only way. Yeah, like after episode three, it was all downhill. <laughs> that's not a jumping of the shark. A show has to peak in order to decline. A show that hasn't even had a full season. Anyway, you were talking about the A-Team. Sorry, I didn't mean In the A-Team. Yeah. In the A-Team. That, that's the premise, that they're being hunted by... And there's actually two different colonels throughout this, the show. It starts out like a guy named Decker, and then there's another guy who's chasing them later on. But uh, eventually, they get caught. 
and Robert Vaughn from The Man from Uncle comes in as like this sort of like the guy from Team America. <laughs> what is his name? Oh, uh, <laughs> the guy who runs. Yeah, what's it? Word, He's the Jim Phelps or something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyway. They bring in he he's like this this guy who who's like a super spy and he wants to, he turns them into like this spy squad sort of deal and starts sending them in order to earn their pardons he starts sending them out on missions and that becomes the direction of the A team in the latter years yeah that's a, possibly just the latter year that was the top vote getter for for A team uh, there's only about five hundred votes for that, but three hundred and seventy one of them are for it. They stopped running from the government and started working for them. Yeah, that was bad. A team is such a ridiculous show anyway, it's hard to imagine it it reaching a point where people consider it jumping the shark. You know, just like like I was with A team until this moment. Well, the eighties had a lot of jump the shark moments. Well, when you when your your suspension of disbelief is so stressed, well it already you've accepted so much. All right, I'll accept that one of the members of the team is crazy and lives in an insane asylum, and they never stake out the insane asylum. And they have to bust him out every week. (laughs) Yeah, and no one ever is the wiser. It's like, man, I'd have like no one would work at that place but secret agents if it were my if it were my watch. Because you know they can't find another pilot. He's so crazy they have to put him back in the nut house. They should really take shooting lessons. Or maybe there's such awesome shots that they're able to shoot all around the bad guys without hitting anybody so that they never get pinned for murder. That they just blow up the ground in front of you and you fly up and get knocked unconscious. 67 votes went to no one seems to die. Yeah, ever. <laughs> the Hulk has that same problem. He can throw people 40 feet in the air and they would somehow land and just get them run. That's every 80s show. That's not a moment. That's not a jump the shark because that's premise from the beginning i have a jump the shark That's moment the that i remember from macgyver and i don't know if this it may have jumped the shark before this moment but there is an episode of macgyver that has aliens as well <laughs> where they're macgyver they like, was one of those shows come down that over this farm at cutesy things that's pretty bad i think macgyver jumped the shark when he started helping teen girls stop drinking well than fighting spies 144 <laughs> votes for macgyver social worker Yep, there you go. <laughs> because what happened was when MacGyver first came around, it was a smartly written show. And then when they lost their writers, they just started doing some kind of issue of the week, and it was horrible. And for some reason, people would capture MacGyver, and they would just tie him to a big bomb. And like, dude, it's MacGyver. Why are you, you going to tie him to a bomb and then leave? But, you know, they never seem to understand what they're up against. It's like, it's MacGyver. Actually, why would you do that? Why would you put him like in the bottom of a pit with like a toothpick and a roll of duct tape? Just cause. Always frisk him first. Just shoot him. Like in <laughs> like Austin, in Austin Powers. Powers. Yeah. You just shoot him right now. Nobody speaks about Bam, the alien done. episode, but several people talk about. How does when, no one uh, mention that when uh, MacGyver goes or Pete goes blind? Is that? Yeah, that was really dumb. Well, see, let me tell you two things. First of all, the Pete Phoenix goes blind Foundation. Dana Elkar, the actor who plays Pete. Mm-hmm. actually did have a severe case of diabetes and began to develop glaucoma. And that is why that happened in the show. So there was a real-life reason. I don't know why I know that. But well, that's, it doesn't matter. It was bad for ratings, okay? But I think MacGyver jumped the shark when he went back in time to the time of King Arthur. Yeah, uh, that's 16 a good votes. one. That happened in an episode. 16 votes for that one. <laughs> How about the Holy Grail? Did that make the list? Um, I don't see it. Because... 
Oh my God! How did MacGyver just have so many poor moments? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> MacGyver had a lot of moments, and that was—I remember when he found the Holy Grail. That was woo. <laughs> MacGyver, man, MacGyver jumped as as an adventurer, jumped the shark for a living the, in the last. The social years worker thing show. was the top vote getter for MacGyver. When did Alf because jump the shark? Because that's when the show got unwatchable. I'm sorry. Say again. When did Alf jump the shark? Alf episode okay. one. <laughs> Well, give me a minute. I'll find it. I don't believe it, Alf. Ha! I killed me. I think he jumped the shark when he started being on the Hollywood Squares or whatever. I loved that. The resurgence of Alf. Uh, 90 votes for day one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's great. What else you got, Sean? Let's see. Buffy. Okay, Mork and Mindy. We mentioned Mork earlier, but Mork and Mindy jumped the shark. And a lot of shows do this. This is a good jump the shark rule, like the five-year rule. Shows that just suddenly introduce a new character yeah, usually have jumped the shark. Yeah, they bring a – you know, usually it's a kid. They bring in a new kid like the Cosby well, show Well, in this like it's a kid ties, too, but the kid – Yeah, and that was bad in the Cosby show too when they start like, oh, that's so Raven. Yeah. When that show got that way. Well, they do that in Mork and Mindy too, but the kid is played by Jonathan Winters. Mork and Mindy's son, Mirth. That's right. I remember that. Is played by Jonathan Winters. And that's when he's the Scrappy Doo. (laughs) That's right. There you go. We should call it the Scrappy Doo moment. And for people who think that that are thinking right now, isn't Jonathan Winters like 80 years old? Well, back then he was 60 years old. And apparently people from Mork's planet age backwards. They they start as an old person and then go down to, to a child. Yeah. Because they're hatched out of a gigantic egg, yes. which looks just like Mork's spaceship. Yeah. Not that this <laughs> show was ever good, but uh, Star Trek Voyager had to jump the shark. And what'd they do? They introduced Seven of Nine, oh, yeah. who was a Borg, supposedly, but all she really was was like a supermodel in a, in a, in a leotard. That was the most embarrassing. Star Trek is always trying to save bad writing by just introducing... Good-looking women in no clothes. Well, you know, we could go on. Strangely, in the case of Star Trek, it doesn't work. We could go on forever about Star Trek, but uh, we could, man. <laughs> that show um, over generations has jumped the shark in several. They've had whole franchises that were jumped the shark moments. Inter- interesting, though. Seven is, Enterprise was a jumping of the shark for the Star the Star Trek franchise. Seven is not the top vote getter for that. First voyage, actually, day one <laughs> is the top. Well, yeah, well, I if you it discount that because, like I said, it wasn't a good show to begin with, but after that, it's uh, well, no, wait, wait a minute, no, seven to nine is second with 220. So, introducing votes. new characters to shave a show that's why some people said in Buffy it was the introduction of Dawn, yeah. which was a season five device. But yeah, when Buffy started getting older, they bring in another young girl to be the teenage kid, but I still think that worked because that played into the story. But in season six, it nothing worked. It's a complete breakdown of protocol. Give me a '90s show, rather than Gilmore Buffy. Girls. All right, that's not even a '90s show. That's like a 2000s. I never watched that one. Yeah, I actually yeah. have a, a some testosterone in me, which apparently you do not. So <laughs> yeah, well, not your own. Brooks, did you, did you ever watch? Oh, did you ever like watch movies or do watching TV growing up? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what now? That was fully disgusting. Said, did you, that was comp- did you ever watch disgusting. any movies or TV growing up? 
I just jumped, I, I just jumped the shark on our own show. <laughs> I watched a lot of TV awesome. growing up. I, it's, since, it's just since then I haven't watched much. Somehow you haven't seen Gilmore Girls. I watched way too much Magnum PI. Oh, Magnum PI jumped the shark when they had the Tiki guy take over. You know, and the, it was a Simon and Simon crossover episode. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. This sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, there, there was a it was a Simon and Simon crossover episode, and the Simon and Simon guys. I I forget their names. I never really watched that show. The Simons. Well, the Simons, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, they, I mean, uh, those were their names. They were coming after like this uh, Hawaiian tiki god because it cursed all the people who it, who owned it. Awesome, fully Brady bunch. Yeah, and they had to return it back to the I guess to the medicine man or something in order to break the curse. And uh, but anyway, it, it got into Magnum's possession and. Uh, he kind of butted heads with the Simon and Simon guys, but then they eventually ended up becoming buddies, you know, and they saw the mystery together. So. But I'd say that's probably I'm going to mention the Gilmore Girl thing because it plays to a convention of jumping the shark that I think is important, which all shows that begin with something inherent in the premise that cannot be realized jump the shark, mm. like the X Files. When you start hinting at a story that you are never going to write about. Sooner or later, you're either going to jump the shark or peter out. And shows that have like a romantic involvement between two main characters that you never actually intend on following through on, that's a jump the shark waiting to oh, happen. Oh, that's the Joey and Rachel scenario in Friends. Oh, yeah, or, that's yeah. on there. Joey Ross and Rachel and is Rachel. the jump the shark moment. Mm-hmm. Well, Ross and Rachel is the tragic thing. But when they broke up and then got back together or whatever. To me and Friends, that's the same thing. When Ross and Rachel get together and break up in Friends, nothing, that really is the jump the shark. Because you never have that where you have two characters that are destined to get together and you finally get them together. And then they screwed it up because they didn't know where to write from yep, there. Moonlighting. So they, oh, Moonlighting. Moonlighting jumped the shark when they had the two of them get together. Yep. But for Ross, for for friends, there are so many moments. I don't think that like, by friends the time they really were like, trying the to shark. hook up Rachel and Joey together, yeah, that's where the show was just like, oh. I, it, Lord. I still thought it was funny up to the very end. I, there was no it's episode that, that I said this is. It's not that it's not funny. It's like that's not the issue. It's that it's no longer credible. Friends was funny to the very end. When a show jumps the shark, it's not that all the writing falls off. It's that the premise has exceeded what it was designed to do. It is no longer believable. Like by the time his friends was over and they were all like in their forties and they still live in the same apartment and they all still hang out with all the same people. I don't get that. You know, we all live in different cities. We, we talk to each other. We're still friends, but we don't hang out with the same people we hung out with 10 years ago. None of the people I hang out with are people I hung out with 10 years ago. So I don't get that by in in general, but then when you like like oh, R- Ross and Rachel are these two people destined to be together that that have been friends side by side the whole time and can't make it work, that's in no way credible. And then in the meantime, they are all dating everybody in the in the group. They're all dating each other, but they're all still really close friends. Like uh, whatever, not gonna happen. And Gilmore Girls was like that too with. They had uh, Lorelai and Luke were like the big two that they were always trying to get together. And they do it. They get them together. And then they get engaged. And then right when things are going well, they break up. And then the next year is the last year of the show. So why not just hold out? Do the show Do the show the way, like, keep the story up? Like, what were you afraid of? Trying to drag things out another five years? 
Instead, they jumped the shark and the show was over anyway because people like me got sick of watching it. So there. Yeah. <laughs> so suck on that, Gilmore Girls. You and your little quippy dialogue. What else you got? What What are some big ones? Did Cheers ever jump the you guys shark? guys remember Airwolf? Remember when Airwolf oh, yes, got picked man. up by USA and they didn't even have Jan Michael oh, Benson man, in it anymore? Oh, man. That was no, horrible. And it had Barry that. Van Dyke. Barry Van Dyke is a good one because you know who else? what else he came up with? I wasn't even mentioning this, but... It, when Battlestar Galactica became Galactica 1980, it was Barry Van Dyke who showed up. <laughs> Barry, he's like the cousin Oliver, man. It's like you bring him in and the show is over. You know what was a- Who's that guy from uh, that guy in uh, Married with Children? Ted McGinley. Who came in. No. The one from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah, came yeah. Ted McGinley. As the neighbor's husband. He also came in, what, at the tail end of Happy Days? He's like considered the jump the shark guy. Yeah, he actually has a special uh, part here of the website. Uh, he is because responsible he's, he's for killing. Twice. Let me see. Married with children. Welcome back, Carter. The love boat. Till death. Hope and faith. Happy day. Sports night. Veronica's closet. Land of the lost. Lois and Clark. The Tony Danza show and about 20 others. <laughs> really? Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> that guy's gotten around more than I thought. The West Wing. He's on I here. I never really been liked him. Uh, John Larroquette. Uh, Perfect Strangers. I, mean, I guess he's all, he's been in all these shows. That's awesome. Perfect strangers. He's just like the kiss of death. <laughs> Did that jump the shark or was it always Perfect strangers? It was over the I could shark say that show. If that show wasn't, if that show was worth like downing, I remember the perfect strangers started and they lived in a crappy apartment building and they worked in like an electronic store. I thought they worked one in a year, newspaper. All of us. We'll see that it was later. Oh. Then one year when they wanted to do the premise, they just made them live in this really posh building and they worked at a newspaper and they had like these two hot blonde. Oh, well, that's all I remember were the two blonde Suddenly. girls. I don't remember there being a show before that. Oh, see, there was there was a perfect strangers before that. Yeah, I remember the. I don't remember the second apartment. Before that, they just lived in a crappy apartment building and cousin Larry had a crush on the one cute girl there. And then later on, they're like scoring with hot chicks left and right. I don't remember the second apartment, the posh apartment. I do remember the crappy one. Oh, well, that's you got to remember Reginald Vell Johnson coming in. Mm-hmm. It's like the elevator attendant. Which there's only who was also the sidekick in the original Die Hard. Man, you guys know your TV. The number one vote getter for for that was when they moved. Exactly, because that's whenever you completely retool the show, it's a jumping of the shark. On a related note, one day we need to do an episode with like the ten most, the ten worst catchphrases. Because that don't be ridiculous. It's got to be on. You there. know what? I've, I'm with you on this because I actually wanted to do a catchphrase show. We should just do general catchphrases and do best and worst. Because oh my Cause god! Because actually, there's a lot of fodder you there. Like, there are some terrible. You know, like I love it when the plan comes together, kind of thing. Yeah, okay. that would be a good catchphrase. Yeah, yeah but that's, I that's something that real, life. real people say, I guess. But, but I smoke cigars and wear a safari jacket, so I can pull it off. I'm talking about one that that is related. So much with one character that when that character says it, the laugh track kicks in. Everyone laughs. Yeah, exactly. But no one, like, don't be ridiculous. Or, you know, what you talking about, Willis? Stuff that is not really oh, funny. But whenever they say it, everyone, ah, that's great. <laughs> on that on that note, if you ever get a chance to see uh, Ricky Gervais's show, Extras, yeah. in the second season, that's, right. that's all that's it's right. about because he gets a show. And the character he develops away from the way he wanted to do it ends up being like a catchphrase character. And he's yeah. always going, you having a laugh? 
You know, that's his catchphrase in the whole thing. Oh. So you having a laugh? You having a laugh? You know, I stopped watching and that show. cracks up. Uh, because. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it, it was just one embarrassing situation after another. I, I don't like shows yeah, where they just put him the in office. A, just a really embarrassing situation all the time. The Office is much more clever. And in that show, it's exactly that. It's a very, it's a curb your enthusiasm kind of show, which I also don't like very much for the same reason. All right. Anybody else? But in the extras. Oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't mean to, I, I don't know. Mean. I think of Wings. I think Wings jumped the shark a couple of times. Um, when? I I can think of, there are that, two different, you could say. Never that, jumped the shark. You know, I'm trying to actually remember an individual episode There's, of Wings. There's something about Wings that just had, blended together for me. I, you know, I liked it. Wings had three different occasions where they introduced a completely new character. The first time didn't jump the shark when they brought in Tony Shalhoub as Antonio, mm-hmm. the taxi driver. He was funny. And then... Later on, when they start running out of stuff to do, I guess they run out of enough. They don't have enough females to go around for all the male leads. So they bring in Amy Yazbeck as uh, Helen, oh. Helen's sister. And then that's just for the sake of having a new character. Yeah. And then finally, the final nail in the coffin is when uh, Thomas Hayden Church left to get his own show on Fox. Which lasted about 15 Whatever. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which lasted only slightly less time than the final season with his replacement character. So I guess he got off at the right time, but got canceled at about the same time. Do you remember the show that Tony Shalhoub did after Wings with um, uh, a Dookie Hauser kid? What's his name? Um, um, Harris. Yeah, Neil Neil Patrick Patrick Harris called Stark Raving Mad. Did you ever watch that show? I've heard of that show. I never saw it. Was it was actually a pretty good show. I didn't even realize Tony, uh, Tony Shalhoub was in yeah, it. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub was like a, um, I think he like, like did like makeup for horror movies and stuff. And he Shalhoub. was all the time doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and Neil Patrick Harris was like a uptight pharmacist or something, if I remember the show correctly. But it was actually a pretty good show. It only lasted one season, but. But anyway, back to Wings. Well, that's the way it happens. Uh, the top he did vote, well, and he got monked. Yeah, the the top vote getter was when um, top vote getter. That was my southern accent for you. Uh, was when Lowell left, and they brought in the other guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that was the nail in the coffin because the show really was on its lowest legs anyway. But and they brought in uh, I want to say the guy's name was Bill Healy. Was the actor who replaced him? That sounds right. But he was a real funny guy. Yeah. Real funny comedian, this guy. But you just can't but, follow I mean, that. You can't replace a main character after that many years with a carbon copy character. I'm going to mention, to me, the strongest example of a show that didn't jump the shark. And this is pure quality of story and writing, which was Cheers. Yeah. When Shelley Long left Cheers, everyone said the show was over. And they did everything right. They did. They brought in another character. They brought in another foil to do the same thing. But they made sure they didn't bring in someone who was intended to be just like her. Yeah, it was they found someone different. else, and and they came up with a whole different kind of story for it. And they re- they renewed that show. It's like bringing Woody in just, too later on, but that worked yeah. out as well. Yeah, they were able to successfully add in characters, which is something I guess that's very hard to do. I, I guess maybe because, because they, it was... they would try to bring in characters that fulfilled the same function without making them carbon copies. Mm-hmm. And they found talent, like Woody Harrelson, who I don't like that much, but, you know, he was perfect in Cheers. Yeah, same with Kirstie Alley. I thought she was great on Cheers. I haven't seen much else that she's done that I've liked, but... Yeah. 
Jenny Craig. Uh, but anyway, I'm looking at the website for Cheers, or the Jump the Shark website, and uh, most people agree that it never jumped. 773 votes say that it never jumped. But after And a lot of opportunities it could yeah. have. Uh, the next one is 532 votes say that when Rebecca came in and replaced Diane, uh, oh, that it jumps there, true. but I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I, I can't mm. really think of in any. a lot of ways. While I was watching that show back in those days, I actually enjoyed those episodes more. Yeah, because when they removed the purely romantic chemistry between the two main characters, I actually enjoyed it. Because actually, Cheers did what I what I think kills a show. They introduced two characters that were destined to get together, and they got them together, and. The best thing that could have happened was when that ran its course, they just got rid of her yeah. <laughs> instead of keeping her around. Well, and, no I, and I think most fans of the show would agree that, I mean, that, that Diane, in retrospect, that Diane was a very annoying character. And I think even yes, the creators believe that. I because, know. Because it was great because when she got the worst, they got rid of yeah. her. That, that's what I was going to say is that. I don't think it's a jump the shark moment. I think it's an improvement. Moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that actually, that actually, that show wouldn't have lasted another couple of years if she'd stayed on it. But getting rid of her gave them a chance to start over without having to start all over. Yeah. I think the creators. And another even thing Cheers it. was really good at is whenever they had a secondary character like Fraser Crane, who was just sort of peripheral, they were really good at sort of bringing him up and introducing him and making him sort of fall into that world. That sad world where he'd sort of be taken down a notch until he became one of the gang. And that really is how Frazier got to have his own show. Because he was a nothing character when they introduced him. But they reworked him until he was one of the best characters on the show. He was very much a fop when he first came in. He was just really a, you know, kind of a... They were really good at, at, at doing that, of deconstructing those characters and making them more... Then they began rather than exploring them till they, they petered yes, out. But what I was saying about Diane is I think even the creators kind of figured out that she was a, I, I think Shelly Long left because of a money dispute, but I, I think the creators realized that it was a good thing to let her go. And, uh, uh, mainly because they've brought her back so many times and they make a joke out of her. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, like in Frasier, she comes back, you know, she comes to Seattle and, and meets Frasier again and, and they kind of start to spark their romance again. But the reason why she's there is she wrote a play and it turns out that the play is the story of cheers. You know, it all takes place in a, in a Boston bar and all that, you know? <laughs> and so, and it's all about how everyone thinks she's yeah, awesome. And it's like how everybody thinks she's such a you know wonderful writer and everything. When, when truth be told, she hasn't really come up with anything original at all. And, uh, so, I mean, she, she got to be kind of just a joke in the, in the whole canon of the cheers Frazier storyline. It's, I really liked the cheers. Shelly Long's the one that wrote those votes in. Probably over and over again. Just vote, 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 vote. Yeah, where's she been since? Yeah, Man, really. She dropped off the face of I the know. Earth. Didn't you guys see Outrageous Fortune? Come on. Troop Beverly Hills? Oh, man. It's not like I was doing nothing. <laughs> you never saw Hello again? How, how much more do we have? How many? What we got? Uh, I'm out. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's about it. I haven't really thought of any others. I mean, of course, there's a lot of them. Is there a list on the website of like the, the most well, famous? What's the name the of the ones? website? Maybe we could just let people know what the name uh, well, of the website, the website is, is jump com, and uh well that's easy enough to remember you know, folks i need to look up Ma miami vice while i'm here though since uh that 
you said that Miami Vice had a specific jump the shark. It moment. did. And uh, in my opinion, it was when they blew up his car. <laughs> the, not the Testarossa. Uh, the show is over. No. Uh, well, no, there was a there was an episode, not the Testarossa. See, now in the first three seasons, I believe. Oh, like he had that black Ferrari, Ferrari before yeah, that, uh, didn't Sonny he? Crockett drove a Ferrari Daytona Spider, which wasn't a That's real right. Ferrari Daytona Spider. It was a Corvette made to look like one. Yeah, it's that black and one. And when the show started picking up, uh, you know, the folks at Ferrari offered them a real car. And uh, and so in order to get rid of the uh, the other one, they, they wrote into the script where Jeff uh, Jeff Fahey, who was playing an arms dealer, uh, blow- also a Johnny drama, by oh, the yes. way. I love Jeff Fahey. Oh, yes. Blows up the car uh, with a stinger missile. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Jeff Fahey is also in Planet Terror. Jeff Fahey is the barbecue guy in Planet oh, Terror. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, see, I, and consequently plays a role in the Machete trailer. Oh, uh, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, that trailer. I'm, I'm telling you, that trailer, that man. Wouldn't you see that movie but, if it came out? Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I love when he whips his jacket open and it's got a hundred knives in it. <laughs> well, just the awesome. fact they cut to the thing with him, like, in the waterfall or whatever with the two topless ladies, and they even look like 70s. Yeah, like, I know. You know it's kind of weird how there is an aesthetic to women's bodies from one generation to another. They actually look like 70s ladies naked. <laughs> so they they really went out of their way in the auditioning. <laughs> they left no stone unturned. Not quite fit, you know, stone, rock-hard body women be the That's you know, I mean. just a, a little, little more just, curvaceous yeah, a, little, a little softer yeah. they're softer still fit. And, and paler of features <laughs> but yes uh 50 and not quite as yeah 57 votes big. for the blowing up of the car um eight, the, the top vote getter for miami vice is when he marries sheena easton sheena easton <laughs> <laughs> is the assassination of sheena easton on the oh list? let me see it might it's not in the top five but let me go let me scroll down here um 53 votes for when Crockett gets amnesia. Well, there you go. Amnesia is a good say one. It's a, except unless it happens, like, because they usually only last for, like, an episode. But that's a pretty lame moment for any show. Yeah, that's soap opera right uh, there. Apparently they did have an alien episode. I don't remember that one. I think it might have been the one oh with my James. God. might have been the one with James Brown in it. Uh, Whoa. They had an alien episode. I don't. I didn't know that. Well, I would, I would say check out The Jump the Shark. I think we've covered it. Well, yeah, enough, I, that actually sounds topic. like a cool site to look at if you ever get bored. Kind of like Snopes is just kind of interesting when you're bored at work and you you know you can't look up porn or anything. So you just yeah, you jumptheshark.com sounds like a lot of fun. On your way to tv8mydinner.com. Maybe go and uh, make some votes. I wonder if do they have a podcast version? Can people vote for where we jumped the shark? <laughs> I wonder which episode. I'm going to go ahead and solic- solicit this from our from our 13 fans. I think uh, feedback at yeah. tv8mydinner.com. Let let me know when you think we jumped the shark, or if we haven't yet. You know or that will. would be great. When you <laughs> yeah. can already tell where we will. Yeah, yeah. when you like, guys do the Star Wars episode. Right? It's obvious you guys are going to do a Star Wars episode, and that's, <laughs> that's where gonna it's going to jump. That should be your. I phenomenon. see a I see a shark in the distance, and it looks like a stormtrooper. Yeah, really. That's the one. That's the one to avoid. That's our X Files. You know, the alien invasion. We keep hinting at it, but we won't. Do Actually, it. next week is going to be a very special TV eight my dinner where I wrestle a live bear. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. And I Ted have McGinley a teen get, pregnancy. guest stars. So, 
I guess in all <laughs> fairness, though, you have to have set a certain standard of quality in order to qualify for a shark jump. So you have we're probably to peak. we're probably free from any worries. That's on why that. we're safe. You have to have peaked as a show. If you were never good, you can't jump the shark. And if you have only been on for like a year, you can't jump the yeah, shark. If you don't have any credibility to lose, you have. Yeah, so, you but, have to. But have it'd be fun. It'd be fun for you guys. This is a good exercise in you guys out there being creative, our fans. So just uh, let us this know. This is a good way to see if anyone's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Feedback at tv8mydinner.com. <laughs> Feedback at tv8mydinner.com. Also, while you're at it, check out tv8mydinner.com. When you're out looking TV, at uh, the, uh, com is where you can see uh, episodes. You can see us at myspace.com slash TV8MyDinner if you want to become fr- the friends of TV8MyDinner. Yeah, we need oh, yeah, friends. We're also there. Check out uh, gregstarks.com. You can be his friend, too. Yeah, I need friends, you too. You can be friend <laughs> Greg, also. Hey, check out Bell's Wake on MySpace. Join them. You can be friends with, with everything we do. I think Dark yeah. Crazy has a MySpace, be too, our friends. <laughs> What a great Please, God. at the very end of a Please. show. We desperately friends. need friends. Listen to how much TV these guys watch. We need friends. I, I insist that you love me. All right. My name's Brooks. I'm Sean. I'm Greg. Next week, and Live we Bear. we will see you. Yes, don't forget, Live Bear A very next special week. episode of TV Ate My Dinner. Greg loses an arm to a Live Bear. Ted McGinley guest stars. Dog crazy. Dog crazy.